Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, central banks are back in focus as the Fed and the Bank of England unveil rate decisions. Earnings season shines a spotlight on the Magnificent Seven, and will the demise of Evergrande mark peak pessimism for the Chinese stock market? With the main driver of stock markets still being the timing of the central bank pivot to lower interest rates, this could be an important week. Both Federal Reserve and the Bank of England will announce rate decisions this week on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. With the S&P 500 edging further into uncharted territory last week, and as the earnings focus shifts to the big tech stocks, which have dominated the market recovery over the past year, comments from the Fed in particular will be scrutinised this week. What seems very likely is that there won't be a rate cut on either side of the Atlantic, but that doesn't mean there won't be anything going on. The tone of what Jay Powell and Andrew Bailey have to say will matter a great deal. The Fed has indicated that it's looking to cut interest rates three times in the year ahead. But the futures markets are pricing in much more aggressive monetary easing. There's a 50% chance that the first of those cuts will come as early as March. The odds on the timing of that first cut are fluctuating on the back of inflation and growth data. Inflation edged higher in December and the US economy grew at an annualised 3.3% in the fourth quarter. Both take pressure off the Fed to cut rates quickly and it will be eager not to make the usual central bank mistake of cutting too soon and allowing inflation to bounce back. Over here, the Bank of England is further behind both the Fed and the ECB in its guidance on rate cuts. In public, at least, the bank is still warning that it could tighten rates further if inflation remains above target. But that looks increasingly unlikely as inflation plays catch up with the US and Europe despite a small uptick in December. With lower gas prices in the pipeline for the spring, it looks probable that inflation will be back at the 2% target as soon as March or April, much more quickly than earlier bank forecasts that it would take until late next year to get back on track. The fly in the ointment as far as UK inflation is concerned is persistent above-target wage inflation, and it's likely that the bank will want to see progress on that front before it can think about starting to reduce the cost of borrowing. Europe's central bank will be watching from the sidelines this week, but there will still be important information to absorb. That's because January's Eurozone inflation data is due out this week on Thursday. Unchanged at 2.9% is the forecast, but the core rate, excluding food and energy, is expected to fall further from 34 to 3.2%. Christine Lagarde, the ECB president, has indicated that the first rate cut in Europe is likely to come in the summer. Interest rates matter, but the other big driver of share prices, earnings announcements, is also set for an important week. In particular, this week sees results from five of the so-called Magnificent Seven tech stocks that dominate the US stock market. Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft and Meta are all announcing this week, and attention will focus on what they have to say about AI, a key driver of interest in the sector which has helped the gap between the performance of this small handful of shares and the rest of the market 
widened to its biggest since the start of the pandemic. More broadly, earnings season is well underway, with around a quarter of the companies in the S&P 500 having now unveiled their fourth quarter results. So far, things are going well, if not fantastically so. Nearly 80% of results have been better than expected by an average of 6%. Beats are the null because companies manage expectations in order that they can look good on the day. And that hit rate is actually a bit lower than it has been in recent quarters. That matters because the market has rallied in anticipation of a strong earnings rebound this year and next. The average valuation for the US blue chip index has risen from 15 at the time of the October 2022 low to over 20 times expected earnings today. That means that earnings growth will need to be delivered at the expected 11% or so this year to justify investors' optimism. And that looks quite a stretch ahead of a possible recession, albeit a mild one later this year. One market where valuations are not remotely demanding is China, where investors have voted with their feet over the past couple of years. If you'd invested £100 in the Chinese stock market a year ago, it would be worth just £70 today. That compares with £120 in the US market, a massive divergence in a short space of time. The list of reasons to avoid the Chinese market is pretty lengthy, but there are also good reasons to think that the sell-off might have gone too far. This is a potentially interesting contrarian opportunity to get back into the out-of-favour Chinese market. China is suffering from a much weaker rebound from COVID than anyone hoped a year ago. Youth unemployment is high, demographics are unfavourable, the regulatory backdrop is unpredictable and the property sector is on its knees. News on that front worsened this week when a Hong Kong court ordered that Evergrande, the world's most indebted property developer, should be wound up. It remains unclear what sway the Hong Kong court will have on the Chinese mainland. Evergrande is listed in Hong Kong, but most of its $300 billion in liabilities are in China. It is possible that a liquidation of Evergrande could mark peak pessimism for Chinese shares. Reasons to be positive include hopes that the government, after resisting stimulus since the pandemic, is now getting more serious about boosting the economy. The country also benefits from substantial household savings, which could be deployed if confidence rises. Businesses are also looking to a better regulatory environment as Beijing shifts its attention back to supporting growth. It has a long-term goal of doubling GDP per capita, and it will only get there with a robust private sector. The main reason to see an opportunity in China, however, is that prices have fallen so far that valuations now stand at historically low levels. Shares in Shanghai and Shenzhen are priced at less than 10 times earnings. That's cheaper than in the UK, Europe or Japan, and half the price of US shares. Talking of out-of-favour investments, one other area that's taken a pounding recently has been ESG-focused funds, and especially those linked to climate change. Sales of climate-focused mutual funds have fallen by 75% in two years, according to data from Morningstar reported in the FT this week. New money into these funds in 2023 amounted to just $38 billion. That compares with $151 billion in 2021. The fall follows a more broad-based rethink of ESG-related investments, which saw a first-ever quarter of outflows at the end of last year. 
The problem is not confined to ESG, as there were withdrawals from conventional funds too, but it's particularly intense in this part of the market. Investment funds generally have struggled as interest rates have risen and investors have preferred the almost risk-free returns offered by money market funds and, more riskily, by bonds. But climate funds have suffered a double whammy of rising rates and performance issues, as worries about energy security in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine have raised the prices of fossil fuel companies. Some countries have also backtracked on net zero initiatives as they balance cost of living concerns with their green agendas. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.